the people the people yo what's up welcome to the people season two episode three i'm your host blessing adioye joining me this week is jared is it wikey Weich. Close enough. Weich. We've gone through this before because you've been on the <laughs> OKB's OK podcast before. Uh, Jared Weich. What's up? What's up, Jared? Nothing much. Uh, you, are, you aren't the first person to mess up my last name. You won't be the last. I've gone Wilch, <laughs> Weich, Wiki, Wilkie. There's no L in it, but people add one in there for fun. So, yeah. Ready nice. to get into it. I'm excited. Awesome. For those listening, remember that The People is a show about people. If you like that, subscribe to us on your podcast service of choice. Visit OKBeast.com and follow at OKBeast now on Twitter because this is an OKBeast podcast. Also, before I forget, you should also rate us on iTunes um, because that helps with algorithms and stuff like that. Uh, So, Jared, I told you a bit about this podcast before you went on. I likened it to Jared Petty's Pockets Full of Soup. Um, Also, I, I, I... before Pockets of Soup was a thing, uh, because I was doing this podcast like months ago, uh, I also likened it to uh, Humans of New York, which is a Facebook page. It might be more than that. Um, are you familiar with Humans of New York? Yeah, I actually, I think I like it on Facebook. It's a really like brilliant uh, concept. I like it a lot. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, when I first made this podcast, I wanted to do basically like a podcast version of that. Uh, but since it's me, it ended up turning into like whatever this is right now uh which so far so far it's been like half a video game podcast half uh me talking about kanye west and so i mean if that's what makes a good podcast it's what makes it what makes it's what makes a good podcast and so uh jared for the people who don't know you how would you describe yourself uh hmm it's a loaded question uh i would just say i'm a online content creator i know a lot of people don't like the word content they feel like I don't know, undermines what people actually do, but I guess that's the easiest way to get across it. Uh, I have a degree in graphic design, so I make graphic design stuff. I am self-taught video editor, though I went to school for video editing before I even went to school. I knew how to video edit. Uh, I run my own podcast, a video game podcast as well. Um, I'm dabbling in writing as well. I'm pretty good with grammar and stuff, so I've just been trying to uh, hone my pen, as they would say. Um, Yeah, so I would just say the best way to describe myself as an online content creator um that's kind of everything in a nutshell aspiring game dev so nice and you create content for controlled interest is that right yeah controlled interest it's controlledinterest.com uh we have a twitter we have all that stuff uh, yeah it's my my kind of uh place on the internet that i created myself because i wanted to talk to people um about video games and everything and i didn't really have a lot of people around me that were interested in that stuff to the point i was so mm-hmm. yeah Controlled interest. So you created controlled interest. Uh, like, you're, are you the founder? Like, you're the creator? Yeah. So I one day I was like, I want to make a video game podcast. So what I did is I came up with a name. So I wanted it to be something related to video games, but I didn't want to have game in the title because I think that's very that's a very easy in. And I was like, I didn't like mm-hmm. that. So I was looking at it and I was like, well, I want something that's primarily video game related but can extend to other things. So controlled interests so controlled controller video games interests everyone has interests so you kind of control what your own interests are that's kind of where the name came from so it's controlled interests uh and what i actually did is i went to the kind of funny forums and because i felt that kind of funny had the best community to kind of do this kind of thing and i'll explain Mm -hmm. now 
So I went to the Kind of Funny forums and I went to the Kind of Funny Facebook page and I basically posted a thing saying, I'm starting a video game podcast. Does anybody want to join? Um, the response was way better than I had ever anticipated. Um, I was expecting to get one or two people like, hey, yeah, I'll do it. Or maybe even one person. I ended up getting like 20 to 25, I don't remember mm-hmm. the exact number, uh, applicants, right? And the way I worded it is like I wanted to interview people, not from a sense of I think I'm better than anybody else because I'm new to this whole industry and everything, but I wanted to make sure I was starting a podcast with the people I wanted to, people who were interested and committed. So out of those 20 to 25 people, I came across uh, Jordan uh, Jarvis, who's one of my fellow co-hosts on the Controlled Interest uh, Gamecast from um, Tennessee, and I came across Dom Orlando from Michigan, and out of all the people, they felt, uh, to me, they felt that as if they were the mo- most committed, they liked games the most, they had some of the most well-rounded knowledge, and they were just easy to talk to, which I think is super important for a podcast, and they just seemed like good people, m- most of all, and uh, yeah, there was other people I would wish could be on it and stuff like that, but I, I knew I wanted to make it at the very most a three-man podcast. I was hoping to maybe even just find one person, but they were just so striking that they were the people I decided to start it with, so yeah, I just, one day I was like, I want to make a video game pod- podcast, and because I know graphic design and editing, none of that stuff worried me, because I knew I could get all of that stuff done. It was finding the people to do it with, which was the issue, so glad I got that done. Nice. Where does the name Control and Interest come from? Um, Yeah, like I said a little while ago, it's just... I was, so, um, in a lot of my courses throughout school and stuff, um, brainstorming is a huge thing. So you learn about, like, uh, the spider web for brainstorming or, like, pie charts or, like, Venn diagrams, different ways to brainstorm. So basically what I did is I wrote down everything to have to do with video games. I wrote down, like, the word games, and then I crossed that out immediately because, like I said, I didn't want to use that. I wrote down controller and platformers and just a bunch of, like, keywords, right, buzzwords. Mm-hmm. And then I thought about the other end of it of like, maybe one day this won't just be video games. This will be other media. This will be other things. So I'm like, well, what words can you go with that? So there's interests, there's entertainment, there's media. Wrote down all those and I kind of played around with what mixed and matched. I found that controller was kind of the word I wanted to go with. So I was like, well, I don't want to just use controller because then that keys it in on video games. So I was like, what about I go down to the root word control and then I tried controlled and controlled worked and then I found that controlled interests had a nice ring to it it fit well it um, you know controlled as in video games interests as in things you're into controlled interests it's everything you want so like you control your interests right no one else controls what you're interested in for the most part as you grow up when you're a kid you kind of have to deal with what your parents let you watch and stuff like that but yeah and um, I don't know if controlled interests will ever become a thing I would like it to but Mm. I mostly made it as a platform for myself jordan and dom to get experience and practice and kind of have a resume because like you can have words on a page but if you actually have work out there work speaks louder than words to me and if you can show that you can actually make a product and it sounds well uh sounds well and you know what you're talking about that speaks more to me than writing stuff on a piece of paper so i think you know kind of making that content is more important than putting on a paper that you made the content if that makes sense so uh how long ago did you make controlled interests uh, so I made controlled interest in February of this year, but I've actually been making online content since 2009. Um, hmm. That's when I, I taught myself how to edit. My videos were not very good. I used to actually do a video game news show. Are you familiar with uh, Dodger Dex Bonus, Dexterity Bonus on the internet? She's a girl that does like video game stuff. She's pretty popular. Oh, um, cool. No, I'm not. I'm not familiar. So she has been doing a video game news show for the longest time. 
but her stuff is a lot uh a lot of uh blizzard like pc focused right because that's her mm-hmm. like thing and i never really saw that for like consoles so i made this really it was called video game tv i know really original stellar name <laughs> and it was just me talking about video game news and i had like the uh like smaller like thumbnail sized images in the video too kind of like a newscaster they were really bad videos but uh so i did that i did let's plays i was able to uh, afford a capture card so i started doing that i started uh just messing around with different types of videos and concepts and uh yeah it wasn't until this february that i kind of committed to because i'd finished college and stuff and i was like i want to try something so i was like i made controlled interest and it's not like a booming success but we are growing pretty steadily so I, mm-hmm. Any growth is good growth. So yeah, February. So not too long. It's what uh, October now, the day of recording. So uh, eight months or so. So hmm. that's pretty much it. Dude, that's awesome. Yeah, like I made OK Beast. Uh, I want to say in maybe April or May. Um, and I think I made this podcast maybe in like March or so. But yeah, I think I, I think we're similar in that sort of regard because I made OK Beast with the intention of gaining experience and trying things out. And I mean initially being really sucky at what I do, which I think I I still kind of am, but like growing with that. And so like, I just started doing video a few, like actually like a month and a half ago at this point, uh, and kind of stepping up in that regard. Uh, and so that's, I I think that's kind of cool that we started in in similar times and it seems like your skill set is actually like more suited for this kind of stuff because you said you do graphics, you do video, you do writing. So it seems like your skills has sort of been tailored for this kind of internet era, I guess I should say. Uh, Did you always have the idea that you were going to be a content creator on the internet? Yeah, so uh, it's a funny story, actually. So when I was little, I wanted to be a zoologist. I've always liked animals. I've always had a weird fascination with them. Um, And one of the hobbies I want to get into when I can afford really nice cameras is wildlife photography. I don't like going outside. I don't like camping. I don't like fishing. But I do like animals. So I think it'd be a nice way for me to be able to go out into nature and experience that stuff, have a reason to go out there, you know. Um, So as I grew up, I actually wanted to be a video game developer and not from the weird sense of I think there's this this like naivety towards people wanting to be game developers and not understanding the work that goes behind it of like, you know, if you want to be a game dev, you're probably going to have to be good at math more than likely Mm -hmm. uh, or good at art, you know, and uh, people are like, oh, I just want to play video games for a living. Ever since I was little, I knew it was it was hard work, and I wanted to be a game dev. I actually want to be a game producer, so I want to be the guy that runs the show, um, which is kind of funny because that's what I do now as an online content creator. Is I'm the producer of everything. I edit everything. I host everything. I, you know, make all the graphic design stuff. Like I do all of that. Um, and it's not to say I don't have help. Obviously, I'm not a one man show by any means, but I do like being in control. It's just kind of like the personality I have, um, and you know. Uh, in 2008-2009, that was my junior, senior year of high school, and I just needed an outlet. Like, I played football. I was like an all-state football player and stuff like that, but I wanted a creative outlet, you know? And mm-hmm. I was like, um, I'm pretty much, I'm a really, really solid go-getter, so I was like, you know, I want to learn how to edit videos. Didn't know why, I just felt one day, I was like, I want to learn how to make videos, because I saw people on YouTube, and I was like, that's cool, I can do that. And so I um, got Sony Vegas, um, and uh, I, I just learned, I taught myself how to edit, I taught myself how to cut, I learned the program myself. Um, I didn't even really look up YouTube tutorials that much. Um, I just kind of winged it, right? I would download, I would uh, record video, and then I would just figure it out myself. And as time went on, I was like, you know, all these people make thumbnails and they make these logos and stuff, I could do that. So then I started teaching myself Photoshop and teaching myself Illustrator. 
then um you know through a series of unfortunate circumstances i ended up having to go to community college for a while before i can actually kind of aspire to do the game dev stuff so i was like why well, don't want my time to be a waste i can either go for a business degree or i can go for uh, a creative degree so what i actually did is i made my major uh digital media and a lot of the classes i already knew how to do because like i said i self-taught myself so it was a breeze most of them are a breeze so i actually ended up taking a lot of hours and then I would actually take school through the summer as well I would take a lot of business classes and when I graduated I actually graduated with three degrees instead of one so I have an associates in digital media I have an associates in business and I also have an associates in like general studies just because I took so many classes that it kind of accumulated to a third degree oh wow um, yeah so I ended up getting three degrees in about two years just because like I said I never took any off time in the summer I would take classes all the way through I really like learning um, and I just like being in class. I like that environment. And I like working in groups and stuff like that. So that's why I'm, I'm really into one day being a game dev. If not, if this whole game journalist personality thing pans out, that's cool too. Um, but yeah, I've, I've, I wouldn't say I've always wanted to be an online content creator. I kind of fell into it and then got really intrigued and inspired by it. And it got to the point where I was comfortable enough, like, uh, comfortable enough, like we talked about earlier, to just start my own thing because I'm like, I already know how to do all this stuff. I just need to find other people to do it with. So, yeah, I wouldn't say I always wanted to be an online content creator, um, but I, I just love video games and I love making things. So it kind of panned out for the most part, you know. So nice, yeah, dude. Like all that, all that stuff you said is really cool, but I'm really interested in the zoologist thing because. The, I haven't, I haven't met anybody in a while. Like I've, I, I feel like in my in my recent life, I've met a lot of people online, especially who are are into content creating um, and all that stuff. And it's and it's fascinating meeting all the different people because people have such different approaches to it, and people have such varying personalities, and all that stuff's cool. Um, but you you want you used to be you used to want to be a zoologist, and you still have that that interest, and you and and you still want to take pictures. Um, where does that interest come from? I don't know. Uh, I just think I. So I have a fascination with space too. I love sci-fi. Mm. If a movie comes out and it involves aliens and uh, Earth, I'm gonna see it. Unless it's like something really bad, like the Independence Day sequel. Because how are you gonna make a sequel without Will Smith? It doesn't make sense. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah. Interstellar, uh, The Martian, all of that. I eat that stuff up so much. So it's kind of like a curiosity and like a fascination with the unknown. That's kind of what animals are for the most part. Like. You know, you see all these animals on movies and documentaries and stuff. You can go to the zoo, but it's not the same as seeing them in, like, real and, like, in the wild. I just had a fascination with animals. And as I grew up, I kind of realized, like, I like animals, but not enough to be cleaning their poo or, like, it's just not my Mm -hmm. thing, right? It's not my thing. I still have a fascination with animals. And one of the things I've always thought about is, like, an idea for a game I would pitch or, like, an indie title. So I love Pokemon Snap. I love that game of death. It has a lot Mm -hmm. of problems. Obviously, it's not a... fantastic game but i think the key concept there is like the photography aspect of it and like the subtle changes in the environment that you can do that make things change i think is a really interesting concept and i've always liked the cabela hunting games not for the sport of hunting but i like being in a world with just regular animals right nothing sci-fi or fantasy or anything just regular animals so i've always had this interesting concept of an indie game i want to make that's like a super high-res polished like unreal 4 engine game where it's simply you in like different environments taking pictures of animals and interacting with them. I think that'd be really cool. It's not mm. killing them, it's not shooting them, it's not any of that stuff. It's just a simple 
photography game and there will be like obviously different mechanics and stuff but like I just like the aspect of seeing something in nature and taking a picture of it like a lot of people like to f- photograph real people which I think is interesting too um, or like architecture stuff like that but to me it's like I like capturing animals in their natural habitat because even a candid photo shoot of a person isn't that candid I don't think especially because mm-hmm. most of the time it's in public and people have I don't know you can 100% be yourself but I think a public version of somebody is a changed version of somebody in private. Like it is a different you, um, whether that's a crazy extent or not, it is a different version of you. Whereas like animals and nature just are fascinating because they're there to exist. Like, you know, they have no other intentions, but to stay alive. And yeah, I don't know. I just find animals fascinating. It's just, wow. um, something I've always been intrigued by. Do you have, do you have an affinity for um, even sea animals, or is it specifically land animals, or does it even matter? Anything. So, um, I it's weird too. So I don't have I don't have a fear of of like going underwater, or scuba diving, or like deep sea fishing or anything. My one fear is being in the middle of the ocean in the water, and I think it just stems from a fear of the unknown. But as mm-hmm. far as like going out to the ocean and photographing animals or going scuba diving i'm 100 percent totally down um and it's not like you said it's not just land animals it's animals period like i think they're so fascinating um but like i said i think my love of video games is way more than that of animals to the extent mm. of what i want to pursue as a career path and like a lot of times zoologists uh slash like biologists they go out and they study animals and stuff like that which is really cool and it's very important um but then the other end of that is like zoologists end up working at zoos and feeding animals and it's like a day-to-day job and it's like that's not how I want to interact with animals. It's one of those things that I'm so interested in it I don't want it to become work if that makes sense. Like mm-hmm. I wouldn't want to work with animals because I think I'd lose my fascination with them. Um, so I think that's – I, I kind of want to do the photography thing and then maybe kind of inject that kind of stuff into the games I eventually start making. Because um, I think there's a huge focus on like the past and present in video games. But there's not a huge focus on the now or like real, mm-hmm. real world stuff, um, and like I said, I think it'd be interesting to make uh, like a photography Pokemon Snap game, but with real animals. And you still need to make it engaging and stuff. But I've thought about that. It's one of my dream projects I want to do. So, wow, uh, do you, is do you know? Do you think there's a relationship between? what you like about animals and what you like about video games because these both seem to be things that that you're pretty into um and i know for me like one of the reasons why i'm into i'm into poetry i'm into i'm I'm into dance i'm into hip-hop and i'm into video games and the reason why i'm into all these things is the idea of somebody who's creative putting out their idea and seeing it come to fruition uh I, I think human creativity is a fascinating thing and it's, some, it's something I'm very passionate about. Um, is there a thing that connect that connects these two things that you're passionate about um, in a way in, in, a, in a way that like makes sense to you? Uh, that's interesting. So off the cuff, this isn't me thinking about it and having a really deep answer. Just off the cuff thinking about those two things, I think about so one of the biggest driving factors for me in any medium but a lot in video games is character like I'm more of a person that um, the narrative if the narrative is character driven that gets me into the story more than anything else I'm not so much Mm -hmm. a plot guy I'm more of a character guy right Mm -hmm. and I think if you look at animals 
especially the fact of like so photography is very personal right it's you taking a picture of something else or multiple things and it's kind of like your vision you're, it's, you're seeing it through your eye right so it's very personal and I think that kind of goes to the character thing of like you're building up this character you have in your head of what this this animal is right you don't know what it does you don't know its intentions you don't know its psychological nature but you kind of have a predetermined idea of the character of that animal and you have a kind of like a, a an internal dialogue of what you expect this animal to do or stuff like that um i think that's it i think it's it's character driven so like when you when you introduce the characters of video games you kind of don't know what what to what you're going to get right um a lot like there's a lot of twists and turns you don't know if like this guy's gonna do a hill turn, or if he's actually a, a really good character, or if he's a bad character, or if she's a good character or a bad character. I think that's with animals. Like a lot of times, people fear animals not because they look scary, but because they've never experienced them before. You know, and I think mm -hmm. that's kind of the same thing in video games. And it's kind of funny um, in a sense of like things that are challenging the medium. So like people, a lot of people are against walking sims. They say they're not real video games. I would, I would fight that with every bone in my body and I think it's the reason people are so against it is because people have a fear of change and people have a fear of the unknown so I think people that aren't familiar with walking sims don't know where they can be 10 years from now uh, people could have said, said the same thing about Mario when it came out like this is just a guy you press the jump button what's so crazy about it and then you learn that it influences so much more and I think with that you can see that kind of with animals and, and how kind of like the animal kingdom works in the food chain of like people are so scared of spiders and they want spiders to be off the face of the earth the thing is, if you get rid of all the spiders on the earth, then insects kind of pop, like kind of you know re repopulate and reproduce at a crazy level, and then they overtake the world, and we have this weird imbalance in, in the ecosystem. And there's a lot of like, so as much as you hate the spider, there's a place for it, and it's kind of like how, as much as you dislike the walking sim or you dislike a JRPG or this stuff, there's a place for it, and there's a reason it exists. And I think that's kind of like a multi-layered kind of area in gaming and in animals um like i said that's totally off the cuff it's just me trying to put one and one together but uh yeah if i had to make kind of a connecting between those things i think it's just making a story for yourself and i think it's also the creative aspect so i like playing video games but like i told you i want to be a video game creator so i think it's creating so when it comes to animals you're creating a photograph through your eye and i think through video games the reason i want to make them is because i want to tell my stories the way i see them through my eye you know so I think that's maybe what it is. It's me wanting to show the world something through my perspective, I think would be the best way to put it. Short, short form answer there. So nice. So you love, you love video games. You love wildlife. Uh, you love photography uh, and you love content creation. Is there anything you'd say um, is missing from, from there that you also love? Like if you're, if you're creating like a sculpture of yourself, right. Or you're creating a diagram and you're inputting the, these things I'm, I'm i'm assuming that these four things are probably included uh, is there anything else that you put in that into that category of things things that you absolutely love that you have sort of a passion for so i honestly if i was making that like that diagram i wouldn't include wildlife and it's not because it's not a huge part of me it's because mm -hmm. it's more of like my guilty pleasure you know it's like something i want for myself that's not very public facing it's just something i do right it's like mm -hmm. not I don't think it's a defining factor of me. It's something I, I really enjoy, but I don't think it'd be a, def a defining factor. Um, as far as, like, things that would, you know, if you're writing a list of, like, okay, he likes video games, yada, yada, yada. Um, I don't know. So, I, I, it's it's weird. Like, so when it comes to, like, music, I'm not, I wouldn't consider myself a music guy, not even on your level. You, you're one of those type of people that have, like, you really enjoy music and you 
you see it from a certain lens, right? I'm not that mm-hmm. guy. I listen I listen to a lot of different types of music. I listen to rap, I listen to hip hop, I listen to uh like jazz music, I listen to pop hits, like the the radio garbage as people like to call it, but I enjoy it. Like I like that type of music. I like mm-hmm. lots of different types of music. I listen to my playlist will go from like um Kanye to Taylor Swift, which is funny obviously, um, to like <laughs> uh Radiohead to like I have a very vast array of of music likes, um, but I wouldn't say I'm a music guy by any means. Um, what I would say is I one thing I think would be a defining factor is learning. Um, like I self taught myself how to do a lot of stuff. I just like learning. I like knowing more than I did the day before, um, and I think reading too. I like reading a lot. Um, everything i like sci-fi i like fiction i like non-fiction actually the couple books i'm currently reading through um one of them is uh an autobiography of theodore roosevelt and the other one i'm rereading through the hobbit it's it's like complete opposites of the spectrum um Mm -hmm. but i don't know if i'd have another defining factor like i think video games are a huge part of my life i think content creation is a big part of my life um yeah i don't know what the other thing would be i think it's just uh, yeah, I think it would just be um, what I said, reading and I don't know, humans are so complicated it's hard to kind of whittle yourself down into these mm-hmm. like key chunks so yeah, I really don't know what else I would add honestly um, yeah, I think so. we're, we're kind of similar in the sense of we like we like consuming content and like a con- content is a difficult word because it it does. I was listening to Giant Beast Cast, uh, which is a, which is a, another gaming podcast. I was I was listening to that a couple couple weeks ago, and one of those dudes was, was just like, "Man, I I detest that word because it it breaks something down that you put like so much work in and so much passion in and so much creativity into, um, and it kind of breaks it down into like kind of like this like mold form of content. But I mean, I, I think it is probably the easiest way to describe these things, right? Like music fits into content, um, reading books fit, fit into content, games fit into content. Um, and so I guess it, it is the easiest way of, of describing it. But I think you and I both really love consuming content as basic and as weird as that sounds. Um, and I think we both, I think we both probably love them for similar reasons. Um, and so I think I, I think that's a cool thing. Uh, who, who in your life, or not even in your life, but who do you, who, who's a person that's influenced you, whether you know them or not? Ooh, that's a that's a loaded question. Can I give a couple answers? Yeah. Okay. So the first person that influenced me pretty heavily, and I'm gonna take this the the uh, the creator career path in me. Obviously, my my mom influenced me a lot, but I think that's like the go to answer. I want to do something different because. I'm unique. I'm a snowflake. Uh, <laughs> mm-hmm. I, I want to talk about uh, Philip DeFranco. I don't know if you're familiar with him. Huge YouTuber. He he was in the top 10 subscribed on YouTube for the longest time. He's just very successful. Like, I'm drawn to successful people, right? Um, I love just listening to them. I love entrepreneurs because that's what I plan to be. Like, I don't only want to make games. I eventually – I have a lot of ideas. I have, like, an idea for – so there's, like – bars that are also arcades but i think that there's there's not enough play spaces for people with video games and i have a couple Mm -hmm. of interesting ideas to kind of save the retro scene but also just have a safe and fun area for people to play video games i have a lot of ideas for a lot of things i even have like and this is going off the subject a little bit but i have like these these sketches and i have a bunch of notebooks that i used to keep notes i have sketches of like 
a self-automated uh, like checkout counter at a grocery store that I came up with that I mocked up. I just have ideas for a lot of things that I write down. Um, like I'll one day use them or something. Anyways, back to the original point of the question. Philip DeFranco is somebody I look up to because so he started YouTube back in 2005 when it started. He slowly grew. Mm-hmm. He does news. He ended up selling his his uh, his uh, channel and his network, and he still runs it. He still does YouTube videos, but he ended up selling it to Discovery Digital Network. Obviously, Discovery Discovery Channel made tons mm-hmm. of money off of that. But he's slowly evolved. Like he he's changed with the internet because a lot of times there's been big YouTubers in the past that have fallen off super quick because they don't know how to adapt their content to a changing market, and he's been able to do that super successfully. Um, he's also like. A real guy a lot of people might not consider him a very kind like oh, he's a kind person a lot of people consider him a nice person and I think the mm-hmm. reason they would say that is because he is willing to tell somebody that he meets in person if they've rubbed him the wrong way or if he doesn't like their content because they do X X Y and Z and a lot of people have this weird thing of like oh I need to be nice to this person because they'll help me grow um, but they don't ever check their morals in as well and he's very into like this guy did some messed up stuff. He said some messed up stuff. I'm not just going to be his friend, right? And he's kind of got outcasted from some people because of that. But I like that realness. I'd rather have somebody be 100% with me saying, I don't like your content. I don't want to really associate with you than somebody who's going to fake it, right? Whether mm-hmm. or not I like them or not, that's besides the point. Is that them being real with me. So I like that he's an entrepreneur. He's been successful. He's been able to adapt. I think it's the biggest thing on the internet is you need to be able to adapt. And I just, his success. He also has PKD which is a pancreatic kidney disease. So in like four years, he's going to have to get a replacement kidney. And it's really interesting seeing the world through the eyes of somebody who knows that stuff's kind of coming. His dad had it too. And Hmm. that kind of makes me strive of like, if this guy's doing it with all the stress he has, why can't I succeed? Hmm. Um, The other person is Bernie Burns. Are you familiar with him from Rooster Teeth? Oh, yeah, I am. Yeah, so Bernie Burns is one of the founders of Rooster Teeth. Um, and he's the same reason he's super successful. He's a super funny guy, super nice guy, but he, him, just as much as Philip DeFranco, they adapted. They learned that the internet was changing and they needed to change along with it. You figure you look at Rooster Teeth, it's like a multi-million dollar company and all of the shows, all of the branding, all of the stuff they have kind of funny is actually a partner with them. Um, like Rooster Teeth started in a bedroom with guys messing around with Halo saying, wouldn't it be funny if we recorded this, put our voices over it and made a funny cartoon. And Red vs. Blue is now the longest-running web series. <laughs> Rooster Teeth is one of the biggest brands on the internet. Uh, I, I think if you put 100 people in a room, at least 50 people will know what Rooster Teeth is. Uh, and this is like millennials or people under a certain age, obviously. But, like, mm-hmm. building something from nothing has always intrigued me. And Bernie Burns, which his real name is Michael Burns. He just goes by Bernie Burns because there's so many people named Michael. And Philip DeFranco are easily the people that I look up to the most just because, like you, like we talked about with the content creation, they started with a small idea, but they didn't just let the 15 minutes of fame go. They captured it and they kept evolving and tweaking their methods, and they have longevity on the internet that a lot of people can't say. There was, I don't know if you remember Lonely Girl 15 on YouTube. She was one of the biggest things on YouTube for the longest time, and then she disappeared off the face of the internet because people got over it. It was 15 minutes, but... I mean, if you can't be inspired by somebody voicing over a video game and then, you know, 15 plus years later having a multi-million dollar company off of it, then I, I don't know who you're going to look up to because that's inspiring, you know? So, mm-hmm. What is the most enti- enticing aspect of content creation in, in be- becoming better and in, in becoming um, or building a following? Um, what, what, what is it about that 
uh, that attracts you to it the most? Uh, curating a community that can gel with you. So um, kind of like at the, the creation of Controlled Interest was I wanted to talk to people that got me, that talked about video games the way I did, that understood them the way I did, that mm-hmm. just didn't have those people around them. And I think that's kind of like you. the reason you create stuff on the internet is because you have. A, I want to have an open discussion with people that not aren't probably super like-minded because there is good in having differences with people, but a healthy community that can talk about things, you know, and, um, you know, is my word gospel by any means? Probably not. I have a lot of opinions. A lot of people probably wouldn't agree with them when it comes to video games, but I would like to be part of the conversation and have an audience that listens. And it's not that I necessarily think that I can bring something 100% different or unique. I'm not a special snowflake, but I do think that I'm, you know, intelligent enough to be able to and understanding enough to be able to create a dialogue that people would want to engage with um, a lot of people when they create content they always think about me saying something to an audience and not the audience saying something back whenever we get a comment on a YouTube video for us which is very rare you probably know the same thing like being mm-hmm. small on YouTube you very rarely get comments I make sure to respond to every single one every tweet that's that's that I'm that somebody engages me with I make sure to respond and it's not always people I want to engage with or it's not a question that needs answering, even just replying and saying thanks for watching because they're taking the time out of their life to watch your content. And one of the things I heard recently was, so zero versus one. Um, a lot of people think, you you know, they ask like, oh, how did you get big? How did you do this? How did you do that? How do you get the interviews with all these big companies? Well, a lot of people do a lot of small interviews with a lot of other companies, the smart ones anyways, and you kind of build that dialogue. You may get like three views on a video, but maybe one of those people works for IGN or they work for GameSpot or they work somewhere where they're like, this guy actually knows what he's doing. He has a catalog. Let's get him in here. Let's see if he can work for us. It's not about how many views you get. It's as long as you're improving and you show yourself as being capable enough. I think that's the thing. So, Hmm. yeah. Nice. That's awesome. Uh, I'm. I have a couple more questions, and I think we're we're reaching the end of the episode. Uh, okay. You know, I'm enjoying. I'm enjoying this one because I actually I actually do enjoy hearing you talk about this uh, because it's something that I'm actually very interested in, interested in uh, because it's something that I'm trying to do. Uh, and so this is almost like a learning experience for me, which is nice um, because <laughs> I feel like I feel like I'm not creating content right now. I feel like I'm learning. Uh, what is something that you need to improve in? Uh, so first of all, the simple answer is writing. Um, I'm very good with grammar. I hated English throughout my entire education process, but I've always gotten the highest marks in English. I remember in elementary school uh, or middle school, we had to write an essay on what freedom means to you. I was like, oh, this is a throwaway essay or whatever. I don't want to do it. It was for a contest, right? But it was, a, it, was an, uh, it was an assignment we had to turn in. So I sat there and I wrote down some stuff and then I decided to write the essay and I wrote the essay. I was like, oh, this is just an assignment. Hopefully I get an A. I ended up turning it in. I actually ended up qualifying for finals for nationals for this contest, and they really liked what I wrote. Um, obviously, I don't want to go. That's a whole other conversation, but it was like, wow, something I wrote a lot of people really liked when, to me, like I did put effort into it, but I honestly, I could have tried harder, right? I didn't try as hard as I could, but then that really inspired me of like, I gave like 80% effort, and a lot of people liked what I did. Imagine if I put in 100% effort, you know, and... Um, I've never written in a journalistic fashion, so I just need to get better at that. I think no matter how good you think you are at something, there's always somebody better. And I don't think you should look at that as like, oh, shucks, why should I do this? I think it should be like, I want to aspire to be as good as that person is, you know? 
mm-hmm. a lot of people who get hired at IGN aren't the best at what they do. There's better writers on other websites. I'm using this can go for any website, but I'm using IGN because it's a very easy gateway to talk to people. There's a lot of people who are better writers than people at IGN. There's a lot of people who are better producers, video editors, but they're go-getters. A lot of times they're also jacks, jacks of all trades. You see people that not only write content but are on video, and they do a lot of different things right. And I think it's not necessarily being a genius at one thing, but being pretty proficient at a lot of things. And, hmm. um, man, I've been talking so long. I What was the original point of the question? <laughs> What's oh, the what do you think you could be better at? Yeah, yeah sorry. Um yeah, so I think it would be writing, um, and I think it would also be, this is something I've worked on, I don't necessarily think I'm bad at it, but I could be a lot better at it, and it's just uh, taking every opportunity you get, and that's not doing stuff you don't want to do, but like, we kind of had this conversation a while back of like, um, even contacting people for, for review copies of video games. The worst thing somebody can tell you is no. This goes to like any asset of life. It's like, you ask a girl out, obviously it's nerve wracking, there's a lot more into that, but like the worst thing she can say is no. And I think that's a good way to look at life of like, the worst thing that can happen is somebody says no and you move on. Yeah, it'll suck for a little bit, but I think the regret of never doing anything is worse than the feeling of discomfort or sadness when something, something doesn't go your way, right? Mm-hmm. And I think, the more questions you ask and the more times you get told no, the more you appreciate the times you get told yes. And it's like the law of averages. Like, you know, if you ask 10 questions, if you ask 10 questions and they're all no, if you ask 100 questions, there's a chance that one of those will be yes, right? And I've actually been applying to websites and stuff to to write or to produce content just because, like, I'm, I'm just trying to build my catalog as much as I can. And I don't know what I'm going to do. I don't know if I'm going to go straight into game development. Or if I'm going to try to be a game personality or what. But um, I think another thing about being better is just finding finding uh, a happy medium between creating content and not feeling like not feeling like I'm doing too much and not feeling like I'm doing too little. You know, um, mm-hmm. I think that's a hard thing too. We kind of talked about that earlier. Like, you know, sometimes you feel as if oh, I'm not doing enough. I need to be doing more to get to where I want to get to, and then you feel swamped. And a lot of times it's like paralysis by analysis of like, there's all this stuff I need to do, so I'm just going to look at it all instead of actually doing it, you know? Um, mm-hmm. Which I think is a huge thing too. And I think it's just learning. I think also, I mean, I'm a little on the older side. I'm 25. It's it's realizing that like the day we live in now, 25 is actually pretty young and a lot of people's careers don't get started till later on, you know? It's like, I think it's just, it's a learning process dealing with that stuff and like, I think one thing, and this isn't necessarily something I think I need to work on a lot because I think I've gotten pretty good at it, and I'm not perfect at it, but I think people need to realize what they're good at, and they need to strive to be better at it. I think a lot of times people are like, oh, I'm good at that. I don't need to worry about it. I think if you're good at something, that means that you can be better at something because you're not saying you're great at something, you know? And mm-hmm. I think it's it's being humble enough to realize that you need to work on stuff, but not being down on yourself to think that you don't have skills so it's like another middle ground of like you want to have faith in yourself to know you can do something but don't be cocky and arrogant to the point that you don't think you can improve i think that's a a middle ground that people have to kind of work on because a lot of times it's this or that it's black or white it's like i'm not good enough at this why should i even try or i got this in the bank then you find out no you don't you know so i think it's finding that middle ground of being humble enough to know you need to get better but also having enough self-confidence to know that you know you're good at what you do and you deserve to kind of get the recognition once you start putting in the work for it. So, Nice. Dude, that's awesome. Uh, 
that I mean that kind of reaches the end of the show. But I just want to say that like I think me and you are in very similar places, if not like the exact same place, um, content create creation wise. Of I I I think at this point we're both in the stage of we're trying we're we're trying to get there. Um, I I've really enjoyed listening to you because I I, I think that you're kind of inspiring in the sense that you're you're doing it and you're staying consistent doing it which is where probably 99 percent of people fail uh i was i started a blog in like 2008 or so uh when i was in high school and i mean i wrote on it whenever i wanted to i i i i knew that i was like a decent writer uh but i was too lazy to kind of go hard at go hard at it also, I didn't know uh, until later in life that I wanted to have that writing skill um, so I can do things like produce good content. Uh, and so, like, I fell into the trap of starting something and stopping. And I've done that, like, many times. Like, this is my fifth podcast. Um, or I let me rephrase that. I've done, like, five different podcasts. Like, I've, I've started five different podcasts. And three of them I think I still do, um, including this one. And like one other one, I, I feel I'm, I'm thinking about stop stopping doing. Um, but it's it's difficult for sure, um, especially to stay consistent, especially to feel like to 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 love your own content. I feel like is is very difficult, um, and to feel like you're doing a good enough job is very difficult. Uh, because like a few weeks ago, right? I I I, ch- I checked out this guy Raj Former, uh, who's a guy who like I we follow each other on Twitter for a while. Uh, and I checked out his content. Once again, that word. I checked out his content a few <laughs> weeks ago, and I was like, "Man, this kid is insane." Uh, and I say "kid," I don't, and I don't mean "kid" is in like he's a kid or anything. He's like seventeen years old. But even when I first checked out his stuff, I didn't realize he was seventeen years old. I thought he was like an adult. I thought he was in his twenties because his stuff was so good. Uh, and I later I found out that he's even like he's younger. He's seventeen, and that was. I mean, one I was like. I was blown away because I was like, man, this kid is killing it. And two, two, it was almost discouraging for me because I was like, man, this kid is doing it way better than I'm doing it. I'm 22. Um, then I look at I look at other people like Alex O'Neill, who just did his 300th episode of his podcast. Then I look at other people um, like Sean Pitts, who just got hired at IGN. Uh, and I and I look around, I see people who I I, I share community with. Um, these are people that I follow who also follow me. And they check out my stuff also, and I play games with them, and they play games with me. Um, and there are different things, like you said. There, there are other people that, that do things better, uh, but there are certain things that you can do. That one finding that thing that you do good and getting better at it, um, and also keeping at it. Uh, so there's 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 a lot there's a lot of layers to being a content creator and getting better at, at, at creating your content um, and building your skills and trying to trying to find out what works uh versus what doesn't work and trying to find out what works for you versus what doesn't work for you and trying to find out what works for other people um and trying to emulate it and and figuring things out and so it's a difficult road and i think i just i i just spurted out a bunch of words and hope to make sense but i hope that (laughs) hope all i what i just said uh makes sense this is a difficult podcast for me to talk because um, it's it's late um and I've enjoyed kind of listening to you this whole time. Um, but oh, that's kind of my input on it. Dude, thank you so much for coming on. I know I, like, texted you right before this and be like, hey, <laughs> you want to do a podcast? But the fact that you're on here shows that 
you are trying to put in that work and 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 you're also very nice and so that's that's an awesome thing uh, so yeah, another thing for, or go ahead uh yeah another thing i want to say before we get out of here is i think people also the biggest factor is you need to learn how to sell yourself i think mm-hmm. people need to learn how to sell themselves to people because it's kind of like the whole fake it till you make it uh, aspect of like even if you don't believe you're the best, you need to believe you're the best because you need to be able to sell yourself to somebody. For instance, uh, Sean Pence got hired at IGN. The guy, from what I've seen, he doesn't really edit videos. He doesn't do anything graphics. He doesn't produce a whole lot of content. But man, can, can that guy social network, you know? Oh, yeah. And that's that's a skill set he has. He might not be a, a good video editor. He might not do this. He might not do that. He might not have a lot of experience with content creating. But that guy knows how to network and he knows how to sell himself. And that's why he got hired at IGN. And I'm so happy for him. It's mm-hmm. learning what your skill set is and finding an in. You know, he found his in. I love that. So, um, Rod, yeah, Roger's really talented too. And it's it's for me. No matter who makes it, I'm happy for them because I know that they're putting in the hard work. It's not a oh why not me. It's like a awesome. That's another reason why I can. If that makes sense. So yeah, yeah. I think for me, I'm still in the I'm still in the state of I'm trying to figure out what I'm good at. Uh, and I'm tr- I'm kind of feeling it out lately. I'm, I think I'm I'm starting to like figure out what those things are. Um, but yeah, it's difficult. And for the people listening, like if you're a content creator or you're trying to get into creating content, um, I think the advice that both of us would probably give is to just do it and to just start yep. and to just just keep doing it. You're gonna uh, be bad. Because, your your yeah, stuff you make early bad. on is gonna be bad. <laughs> I still consider myself bad. In fact, if you're listening to this, you're probably like, man, he's pretty bad. But <laughs> I'm still doing it, which is which is a step further than so many people out there who yep. want the same thing. Uh, and so, yeah, again, I mean, do you have any last words on the topic before we wrap before we wrap up? No, I just think you yeah. if you want to do it, do it. Don't do this. I said it earlier. It's a buzz term, but paralysis by analysis. I used to get it a lot of like you think about something so much that you get worried about and you get anxious and then you don't end up doing it. Um, just start doing stuff. Start making stuff. Your stuff you're going to make early on is going to be bad. But guess what? If you go back, if you start doing that for two, three years, and you look back and you're like, oh, that stuff I made back then was bad, that means you've improved. So, um, yeah, I just think just start creating stuff. Also, don't feel bad if it isn't for you. If you start making stuff and you're like, I don't like this, it's fine. Online content, there's that buzzword again, content. Uh, content mm-hmm. creation isn't it isn't for everybody. That doesn't mean you can't be in the video game industry. If you like marketing or you like PR, there's positions for that. If you like business and analytics, there's things for that. You need to, if you love video games so much that you want to be involved with them, find your pathway to it. It doesn't need to be what everyone else is doing. It doesn't need to be something you've seen somebody popular do. Find your in. I think would be the best way to put it. Yeah, and like one one last point also is also like keep keep an open mind about what your skills are because like a lot of times i think people go into things and realize that their skill is elsewhere um but like they wouldn't have known that skill if they didn't start like for me right i made a tweet a few days ago uh, about like how i would literally like all i want would be to be like a social media um slash pr person for a game developer and that was like a recent interest of mine of, of realizing like man i'm pretty decent at social media and man, like I, I really enjoy marketing. I enjoy, and I've, I've always known I, I enjoy marketing and advertising, but I didn't really, I didn't fully realize that that was something I could do, um, and also be passionate about, like do it in a field that I'm passionate about, uh, until I started creating content and realizing that, oh man, this could translate to this, this can translate to this, 
uh and so once again i think that feeds back into the idea of just do it uh and just and, and figure it out i mean figure figure yourself out it's almost like puberty so there you go that's yep. my advice for the night is is treat it like puberty uh once again uh for those listening remember that the people is a show about people if you like that, you can subscribe to us on your podcast service of choice. Visit okbeast.com and follow at okbeastnow on Twitter. Uh, remember, you can follow me at Blessing Junior. Uh, Jared, where can the people follow you? On Twitter, you can find me at Jared underscore. That's J-E-R-R-A-D and then an underscore. Uh, you can go to Controlled Interest and find all of my videos and podcast stuff there. Um, also, you can follow Controlled Interest on Twitter at C-T-R-L-I-N-T. Um, yeah, funny thing about Twitter, I want at Jared, just the name, person who has that account hasn't tweeted like in seven years and I've contacted oh, Twitter dude. and I'm like, Come I on. know the pain, <laughs> yeah. same person, the same person with the okay beast, like just got the account, didn't tweet once and it's the most frustrating thing. Yeah. Cause I'm like, man, marketing, you know? <laughs> so exactly. like, yeah, it's, it's difficult, but yeah, go ahead, follow Jared. Um, follow me if you want, if you really want to. I tweet nonstop about things that don't matter, and so you might not want to, but you might want to because Kanye West. Uh, so thank you for listening. I uh, hope to see you in two weeks from now. Remember that the people post every two weeks, and also you should check out the OKBs podcast and check out Throne Watch, which is which are the other two podcasts I do. Um, until next time, I'll see you guys next episode. Peace. Bye. The people. The people, 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 the people